That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Hello and welcome to Content and Capable, a podcast all about following your passions while still feeling like a proper adult. My name's Sam and I'm your host. This week I spoke to the amazing Mike, all about his work in radio and podcasting, as well as some of the interesting tidbits about him growing up. Welcome to Content and Capable, Mike. It's lovely to have you on. I grabbed you at the worst time. <laughs> I didn't realise we were starting and I took a I took a, a swig of a, a bottle of Schweppes soda water that I'm drinking. I don't know why I'm drinking a 1.1 litre of Schweppes soda water. Okay, but-, but they're the worst bottles ever. Like, who, decide, who from Schweppes decided that they wanted to design a water bottle, like a, a bottle, a soft drink bottle that was smaller than normal? Yeah. Like- why is it 1.1? Why, why is it not? I think the standard's 1.25, but we've yeah. just lost 140 mils. But I'm addicted to soda water and I don't have a soda stream or anything. So I just ah. buy bottles of this for like $3. It's definitely not cost effective, but here I am. <laughs> Look, sometimes you just got to be inefficient to be comfortable. Mm, um, mm. And uh, often that translates in my head to not having a shower because you're comfy in your clothes. Mm. Um, Skip, <laughs> skipping a shower is a really... Uh, there are so many times where I'm like, I just can't be bothered. I'm not yeah. doing it. The The whole process of having a shower or getting oh. wet, getting dry, everything in between, no good. No good. Nah. Yeah. And then like halfway through a shower, I'll realize I'll need to shave and it's like, oh. Now I've got to go and like go through that whole process, which is yeah. just a nightmare on top of it all. Mm, mm. Well, I'm glad um, we agree on shower protocol. <laughs> <laughs> Very early on in the podcast. Yeah, get that out of the way. The shower protocol. <laughs> um, well, Mike, um, for those who may not know who you are, um, mm. did you just want to give like a really brief summary of uh, who you are and where people might have known you from? Yeah, sure. So... My name is Mike, but uh, I guess I, I I have a, in inverted commas, stage name, which is uh, Radio Mike, but sometimes Podcast Mike. Um, and I am a podcaster and podcast producer from Melbourne in Australia. And I've worked on, um, my background's in commercial radio, but I, I work on shows like Hey, Mish and Andy, I pop up from time to time on air on that and their other podcast, The Remembering Project. And then I've worked mm. for Will Anderson, one of Australia's biggest comedians, um, on his podcast network for about four years. And then I pop up from time to time on various other shows, such as your show right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, look... When I realised that Christina had gotten you on the restricted section um, mm. a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there and I was like, wow, you know, he sounds like, you can tell by the audio quality of whether someone is used to being on podcasts or works in audio or not. And, right. you know, that's totally fine. You know, everyone everyone records audio differently. Mm. But you, like, there are some people who have, like, worked in multimedia who, like, you go, oh, okay, I probably should look them up right now and check, you know, who they are. And I... And I briefly perused um, your social media mm. and was like, oh, shit, uh, Christina has bagged a big one here. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? How did I miss this? Oh, um, interesting. <laughs> and then went into like a small, not a panic attack, but a small freak out on, 
oh, he's worked with Hamish and Andy. Oh, he's like worked with, you know, Luke and Lewis and, you know, Will Anderson. And it was like, wait a second. These are all people like if I got to meet in real life, I probably would like shut down and would stop speaking Uh, because like, oh. So cool, man. It was kind of funny because, well, first of all, you emailed me and you were like, oh, I didn't realize you were radio royalty. Pause on that. I'm not radio royalty in any <laughs> sense. And I was like, oh God, I, I hope that room, like radio royalty is like, I'm going to list off names. Like, you know, Hamish and Andy, yeah. um, Eddie Maguire, like whether you like him or not, he's radio royalty, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Marty Shigo, like all these people. And then like, and then you're like describing me as radio royalty. <laughs> like I don't even work in radio, but I know, I think what you were implying is that I've worked with lots of people who have, have had really successful yeah. radio, Australian radio careers. The thing that I thought was funny about, going on Christina's Harry Potter podcast was that because they're American, I don't think they would have any idea who any of those people are. (laughs) No idea. And, like, even, like, Will Anderson, who, you know, arguably would be very internationally well-recognised. I I don't know. You know, very famous for his work in Gruen, but um, just as good a comedian um, outside of that context as well. And you're, like, sitting there going, do they know? Do they not know? Like, um, you know, and Hamish and Andy basically kick-started podcasts here in Australia, at least mm. from my understanding. It's like, you know, I don't think that um, anyone associated with, you know, the work that they do is, you know, just a somebody. It, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. In my eyes, as like a, a baby, you know, person, I work in radio as well. And, mm. you know, it's like as a, a someone who works in a community radio station who – you know, has, you know, been talking to people who work in media, it's, you know, it's so fascinating to go, oh, you work with Hamish and Andy. Oh, that's just not that many rungs far further than I am currently. Wow, that's close. Yeah. Shit. Well, Um, I would actually say that I would say, and and just to clear up, I do, the reason I was on... (laughs) the restricted section is because I do a Harry Potter themed podcast as well. <laughs> it's not like they just like randomly chose me, but um, yeah, but I would say you're actually further. Cause you told me before you were 20, I'd say you're further along than I was when I was 20. So there you go. That's a very good sign. I was speaking to, um, he was channel 10 social media, um, lead, um, Scotty McDonald about this. Mm. And we came to the, uh, we came to the conclusion basically that if you exist in radio for long enough, mm. you'll end up like up there and, and right. you know, you'll end up, you know, oh, the other one was, um, his name is Christopher Downs. Oh yeah. That's it. Um, uh, and like he and I were also speaking and it came to that same conclusion of like, you know, you hang around for long enough and, you know, he got like um, an, the primetime morning gig on like a commercial radio network. I think it was a Austereo one, I think, in mm. Canberra. Uh, cool. And basically, you know, was able to, you know, just because he existed enough. And I just, I find that so fascinating. It's not something you see in like, written news or television, you've got to be working up to those positions. Whereas in radio, you you exist for a little bit long enough, you know, you prove yourself. You definitely have to prove yourself, but like, then you're like, oh yeah, we trust you. We'll, we'll put you on. You know what's actually really funny about that? I've never said this out loud before, but here's a bomb. I'm going to say this out loud. Bombshell. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
when I was at uni doing a media degree, or maybe even when I was at high school, because I, I, I honestly remember people being like, what do you want to do when you finish uni? And I remember in my mind being like, I think my game plan is get a job at a radio station, not, yeah. it, not on air, not producing, just get a job there and just kind of hang around. And eventually someone will be like, hey, Mike's a funny guy. We should get him to do some stuff. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? The more I think about it, that's kind of exactly what happened. Like it's a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Like I just got a job at a radio station and then a bunch of people were like, oh, Mike's kind of funny. Let's get him on the show. Yeah. And then, then I just kind of snowballed from there. So I actually think there's a lot of merit to that theory you've just said. Just be there. Yeah, just be there. Exist. Um. <laughs> running back to that that story you just said, you know, mm. um, it, as you said, you know, you, that's kind of what you did. But, you know, where did you end up starting out? Did you do like a – did you feel like pressure you had to go and do a uni degree to, yeah. you know, work mm. at a radio station? Um, well, I never really – honestly – like I never thought I would work at a radio station. Like I, th- I thought it would be cool. Like that story mm-hmm. I just said, but I like my upbringing and, and I guess this is kind of coming into the content and capable, which is the premise <laughs> of the podcast. But like, I would say that my, like my upbringing was very strict in the sense that like the idea that my parents had for my brother and I, I would argue was like, we were going to go to a really good high school get a really good ATAR, which is what it's called here in Melbourne. I don't know what it's called in Queensland. Yeah, like I think a it's called the same now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, ATAR. Then go to university, do an undergraduate in probably business and then get a job in some, one of the big four consulting companies and just work an office job. Yeah. And even when I was at school, I just could never envision myself doing that kind of work. Probably because yeah. I'm lazy. I'm not going to lie. I am really lazy. But Same here. <laughs> yeah. But I always felt like there was a creative muscle in me that I hadn't been able to work because the school I went to was just not really a, a creative school. It was much more like academic, um, yeah. very like, yeah, go and do a business degree and work in some consulting firm or whatever. Um, and then when I got to uni, I, I went to Melbourne Uni to do an arts degree because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I hated it. I was super depressed all the time. Yeah. I didn't want to go to the lectures. I stopped going to lectures. I just started like, you know, shooing in all the assignments, barely doing them because I just hated it and I wasn't yeah. happy. Um, and then from there, I was just like, all right, I just have to make a change. And then I applied for this media degree at a university called RMIT here in Melbourne um, Love RMIT. It's a really good uni and I highly recommend the course if you're into this kind of thing and you live in Melbourne. Um, and I got into that and then everything from there, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of felt like it, because I was in this degree that was like a media degree, it was like, it like, it was like I had permission for the first time in my life as like a 20 year old guy to be creative in a way yeah. that I didn't really have. And then slowly I've kind of, I kind of worked from there, started doing community radio here in Melbourne, like what you're doing mm-hmm. and just like, yeah, tried to get a commercial radio job and then it's all kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, I never would have thought, I, I finished school in 2012. So that was 10 years ago. If you had told me then, hey, you're going to be doing what you're doing now, I wouldn't have ever believed it because I wouldn't have thought I was capable 
Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's one of those things where you know you had your parents might have an idea of like what you want to do, mm. and to be honest, I think my parents had an idea of what they wanted me to do, and then very quickly realized that. I had completely different plans and completely different ideas, <laughs> yeah. which was really just a lack of an idea for right up until about six months before I graduated and was like, okay, well then I need to now choose something. Mm. Um, what am I going to choose? Like cover my eyes, pick one. Awesome. I'll go with that one. Yeah. Oh, it's journalism. Okay. <laughs> it, it's a really hard decision to make as well, especially when you're so young. Like I kind of look back and wish I did a gap year or something. But again, I just, I wasn't in an environment where that would have been a thing that you do. Like I was just, there was no other option for me than to go to uni. And my older brother went to Melbourne uni. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to go there. And I think like one of the traps a lot of us fall into is like just doing what we think other people want us to do. And it never, ever leads to happiness. If you're defying your truth because of your parents or your brother or sister or anyone, you'll always be unhappy. It just doesn't work that way, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, it is is quite fascinating, that whole I will prove you wrong kind of energy just, like, somehow works way too way too well almost as like almost as if it's like some sort of drug and it's like oh i've got the power to like prove you wrong yeah well for the first like because when i was doing community radio at sin which is like probably maybe the equivalent of where you're at it's student youth network here in melbourne i literally i was studying it was in my second year of uni and i was doing a radio show one hour a week in which me and my best friend from high school reviewed an episode of The Simpsons each week, right? <laughs> and, you know, I'd go home and, mum, you know, family events, people would be like, so what are you up to, to my brother? And he's like, oh, I just got a full-time job in marketing. You know, I've got my master's in commerce. And then I'm like, I'm doing a radio show on Monday nights at 8.30 about The Simpsons. <laughs> and I just think like, my parents just couldn't get their head around it. Like they didn't understand it. It was so foreign to them. And I think only when they started seeing that I was working on shows like Hamish and Andy or Willosophy or whatever the show, you know, they, they, mom and dad don't know what podcasts are, but they know, they know Hamish and Andy because they've seen them on TV. Yeah. They know Will Anderson because they've seen him on TV. So they're like, Oh, I guess it's kind of working out for Mike. We'll <laughs> wait and see. And I'm just like, mom, I'm like, I'm really happy. Like I'm living yeah. a, I'm living a, a great life. Like I'm really happy. Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, um, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, like we use Hamish and Andy in the radio station as all, all the time as like an example of, you know, this is where community radio can take you if you're willing to ride it. Mm. Um, and um, it's like, it's fucking amazing. Like just... <laughs> Uh, like, and uh, when you, you, my parents do the same thing. They don't quite understand what I do, mm. especially the podcast. Yeah. They really don't quite understand what the appeal of the podcast is. I know. Um, and- it's, it's amazing. It's just like, I remember at Christmas, my auntie and uncle are like, oh, are you still working in radio? I'm like, no, I'm in podcasting now. And they're just like, what is that? And and then you're just like, it's like radio, but all the time. And then like, not, they just don't get it. It's just so, yeah. especially like my parents and aunts and uncles who are like in their sixties and stuff. 
they, they, it just is so far beyond anything they can even begin to think about. I don't know. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> See, my dad loves podcasts. He's the, he's, his favorite one is like Richard Feidler conversations. And it's oh, like, yeah. from you Doug know, Anthony, All, is he from Doug Anthony All Stars? Rich, um, or was he on um, oh. talking about? No, what what was he from? Sorry, I've just derailed your story. Just ignore me. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna find this out now. Um, oh no, yeah, he Doug was Anthony on All Stars. He yeah, was, yeah, that's he him. Was. Yeah, yep, yep. Cool, cool. He's got a very he's got a very rectangle head. Um, <laughs> he does actually. Yeah. I apologise to Richard Feidler. You have a lovely voice, but you're a very rectangle head. Yeah, he's got kind of. No, I don't think it's a bad head. It's just like a no. very straight edged head. Like yeah. that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah. 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 Good, anyway, good, good observation. My dad got me into podcasts right. um, and like loves it. Listen to it. Does not understand the appeal. I think of like, a, you know, especially, you know, a Harry Potter read along where everyone swears or, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> you know, going through Avatar The Last Airbender with, you know, D&D antics or wow. talking about the, you know, the fan fiction you wrote in year seven, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of those things you go, yeah, that appeals to, you know, maybe not that's the same audience as maybe Richard Feidler does. Absolutely. And um, that's, but that's the beauty of podcasting is. Oh, yeah. There's just, I've talked about this on so many pods where it's just like, there is a podcast for every niche interest. Someone's doing a podcast about yeah. your favorite like TV show from when you were a kid that no one else remembers. Someone's doing a rewatch podcast about it. Yeah. It's definitely. amazing. Yeah. And it's fascinating because then you get all of this different like media and these different takes on this one subject and you go, oh wait, you know, this is just like has created now a nuanced like perspective on a on a topic that, mm. you know, would have never been able to have been communicated through any other platform because to collect that kind of nuance, you need, you know, five podcasts and probably a radio show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's fascinating. And I, it's one of the reasons why I continue to do content capable, you know, my brothers make jokes about the fact that I don't earn money from it and I spend a, a disproportionate amount of time working on it. Oh, but, dude, um, well, welcome to Podcasting 101. <laughs> yes. I, uh, everyone in po- No one in podcasting makes money off podcasting. No. It's, 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 a, it's the hardest industry in the world, surely, to make any money off. So you're not, you're not alone yeah, there, don't worry. it's definitely a saturated market. Yeah. Like- <laughs> oh, I think it's the most saturated market. I can't oh, think 100%. of anything more saturated than podcasts. Do you remember the ABC ad that they did? I think it was in like 2020, right as like a couple months into the pandemic, where it was like, don't make a podcast. Yeah, Osher Ginsberg was in it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember that. It was, <laughs> it was just like, a, I remember that being sent to me a couple of times. And then promptly three months later, I, I pitch a podcast to Christina. And I'm like, I want to create a podcast. Yeah. Um, and then she warned me on the the, the issues with uh, creating a solo podcast where you rely on guests for content. And I was like, um, I'm going to ignore all those warnings and <laughs> continue on ahead with my poorly, poorly planned and hopefully not poorly executed podcast idea. Well, I think your podcast concept is great, man. Like I reckon- well, It's evolved. It definitely has. Yeah. Like, originally it was 
at one stage, the trial name was Adulting 101, and then someone did a Google search and pointed out to me that there's about 10 different podcasts with that name. Yeah, that doesn't like, surprise me. Yeah, it really doesn't. It really shouldn't surprise anyone, but somehow I had it in my head that it was a very original name. And so I think the name then went through like seven iterations, mm. and as it went through the iterations and then as we went through the first half of the season... And that's when I had, like, the most scrutiny on me. Like, obviously, quality control for the network and things like that. Mm. Um, We, I think we got to, oh, yeah, it was episode 13, Adult Doll Collecting with Carrie. And someone turned around to me and said, I really love the conversations you're having here. It is so interesting to hear these people follow their passions while still, like, have a day job or still, you know, be doing normal adult things. And it, like, really normalizes, you know, following your passions while being an adult. And Mm. that's where I just, like, shifted. I was like, well, okay, time to shift the whole strategy now. Yeah, interesting. Um, Because podcasting is definitely, like, like for it's interesting because... I work in podcasting, like my yeah. day job is making podcasts for other people, but then podcasting is also my hobby. Like yeah. I don't really make that much money off my own shows yeah. that I do, but like my skill set is applicable to other people's shows. But yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, the day-to-day life of adulting and doing work and then, because fo- the, like you said, with disproportionate yeah. workload, this, my show takes like, I would say like a full day of my week I spend on my podcast, which is, you know, that's a lot of time. And sometimes it's really hard because I have to prioritize all the things that I have to do, like paying rent, doing my actual job, paying my phone bill, paying all my, my house bills and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. um, like filling my car up with petrol, which is currently incredibly expensive to do. Thank um, you, yeah. fuel prices. All, all that kind of stuff that, you know, I have to... And, and I'm lucky that I've got a job that I really enjoy and that yeah. I really like doing and makes me really happy. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's all kind of... And then, you know, you, you're trying to navigate, like, your dating life and your yeah. friends and all these other aspects of life that are really hard. It's really hard to have the bandwidth to to think about all of these things at the same time. So it's definitely yes. a struggle. Uh, the selective hearing bandwidth is my preferred method of bandwidth, where I will ignore things until they become a problem. Uh, and I apologize to any university professor who ever has the unfortunate uh, idea to listen to this podcast, because <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm probably doing this instead of doing my assignments. Um, <laughs> Classic. I used um, to I used to go do my radio show planning instead of going to lectures and shoots at uni as well because I was just like I just like this way more I, and yeah. I and I thought I could pass on a whim like I I thought I could just yeah. like whip up a pass in the in the uni degree which I did by the way and yeah. um and do my radio show as well so yeah it's always a bit of a gamble in that sense it's always like um yeah it's always like can I do this um uh, or you know, can I, um, can I uh, make it, make this happen all at once, or am I going to have to sacrifice something? Mm. Um, and normally, what ends up being sacrificed for me is my social life. I just have there are like weeks where I just don't leave. Like I, I'll do the radio show, and that's like my social interaction for the week. Mm. Um, you know, I host a one-hour radio show and then produce our news bulletins in the morning and then, you know, everything else kind of happens 
without me. <laughs> yeah, try to make I try to make as much happen without me as possible. That's mm. why I love group assignments because someone else can do like some of the work, and then when I'm feeling like it, I can do the rest of it. Yeah, when you finally got time after all the other shit you've got yeah got going on. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, um, it's it's a pain in the butt, but yes, yeah. Uh, I find. Oh, sorry, you go. You go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was gonna say, yeah, I find my social life suffers a lot as well, but a lot of the time it's just the the joy I get from doing this yeah. kind of thing that I love. But yeah, I think also naturally as your life progresses, you start drifting from a few friends and people kind of come and go from your life, and yeah, that's okay. Like I think. Oh yeah, you learn like some people give you the ick, and it's like okay, well. Um, maybe I should start moving away from that kind of person and yeah. find someone else. But even other variables like, you know, I'm single. A lot of my friends are in relationships. They're like starting to move in together and, and start yeah. thinking about like marriage and kids, whereas I'm like not at that point in my life, right? And yeah. I'm not sure if that means I'm not adulting well, but I'm just like not, <laughs> that's just not something that is necessarily on my mind too much. And you just naturally start to drift because you're in completely different, you're yeah, going in different, spaces. different headspaces, different yeah. dreams, different ideas of what you want your life to be. And I think that's okay. Like it's not often, it's not a thing of people have upset you or hurt you. It's just like our lives just don't intersect or overlap as much as they used to. And that's just reality, I guess. Yeah, no, it's totally like, it, it totally is understandable. Like, and especially when like, especially radio where it's all about like social interactions and like turning these social interactions into something that is very verbal mm. and very like expressive. And then you, you get completely drained and you're like, well, I actually don't want to go out tonight because I kind of want to go home and sleep and, you know, recharge. Not that I'm like, I wouldn't call myself necessarily an introvert and I definitely get energy from like interacting with people, but there comes a point where you're like, I'm exhausted. I just got to go home and, you know, kind of do something by myself for half an hour instead of being followed around by an entourage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely on the side of like um, introverted as well. Like I, I love, like I really like being out with people, but I always need that rest time getting back. Like I love watching TV in bed. That's my like favorite hobby is just watching TV in bed under like a doona and not having to talk to anyone. That's I, I'm just a bit of a recluse like that. I like going out, but I always want to just be back in bed watching TV. Yeah. Um, I have TikTok for me recently as well. It's just all-consuming. Mm, <laughs> One stage oh. I was getting my memes from TikTok and someone goes, you realise that those those don't translate well to like real life? I'm like, oh, shit, I probably should stop being so much on TikTok. Dude, I spend so much I waste so much time on TikTok. There's so much it's it's so addictive and there's yeah. so much funny stuff, but I never feel fulfilled after using it. It's just like I don't know, it's just on repeat like dopamine yeah. surge. It's it's crazy. Yeah, 100%. Um so like when you when you like were getting into community radio and stuff mm. and and was like landing your first, you know, commercial radio gig did you ever like look and go like, is this for me? Or were you always like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no, this is definitely what I wanted. Oh no. So much uncertainty and insecurity and stuff. And I'm a, I, well, I'm less anxious now, but in those days I was an incredibly anxious person. Like 
having mm-hmm. some really, really strong anxiety responses to things that I can now see are very small. But yeah, yeah, I would um, yeah, I'd constantly feel like I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to do it. I wasn't cool enough to be in with the people. Yeah, um, and any like minor mistake that I made in, in doing my job, I'd really beat myself up and think about it for a long time. Whereas everyone else would kind of just forget about it. And I think that's like a classic anxiety overthinking thing, but I guess the more time I've spent doing what I do now, the more I've kind of been working on my confidence and just working on backing myself a bit more because And I think it's a long, it's not like a short-term solution. Like I think it's just a holistic um, working on of your mental health and your physical health and just like being able to get to this point where you understand what your brain's doing in a situation like that that's causing you anxiety or something, some response and how it makes you feel and then to be able to work on that over time. And Yeah. yeah, I think it's, there's definitely a lot of times where I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not cut out for radio or podcasting because the job market is is really scarce as well. And it took me yeah. a long time to get to a point where I was stably employed in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely all the time. But at the moment in my mind, it's like, no, 100%, this is what I want to do and this is what yeah. I want to keep doing. But I guess you ne- you just you never really know in this life what's gonna what's gonna jump oh, yeah. out at you, and, like especially because it, like on the internet you know things could you know implode or explode within you know hours. Mm. Uh, it's it's so unpredictable. You know you know one minute you could be you know comfortably you know living the next minute you could be the most famous person you know in the country and then you know the minute after, you know, fall from grace and, you know, obviously I don't think it really necessarily all happens at once, but, you know, that it's definitely possible, you know, like everything changes all at once and you're like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this now. Mm. Yeah, it's it can be, the work in this industry especially can be really fleeting and that's sometimes a really difficult thing for people to to be able to handle because there's not as much security as if you did go and do that, business degree at uni and got that consulting job where they just need people to work who want to work full-time but I think it's more like it's more rewarding and it's so um I find it so fulfilling as well so for Mm -hmm. me it's all all a journey I see like my my personal life and my professional life I see as really linked like like my work is a part of me and I I've always wanted I never wanted to have a kind of job that I go to work nine to five and just count down the hours until I can go home. I always wanted to kind of, you know, live, live yeah. my work, not, not live, not live to work, but you know, your work is, it is something, work is something that you do maybe eight hours a day, right. For yeah. your whole life. So it should be something that you enjoy, something that brings you fulfillment, something that you really love doing. Otherwise I just can't imagine you could, you could foster a really happy life. Yeah. Um, trend, transitioning between radio and podcasts, while it's not an uncommon thing, I mm. think is, is definitely an interesting thing. What were some of the big differences you noticed going from radio to podcasts? As in like my me working in it? like Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I think the main thing that, and the thing I actually miss a lot about working in radio is 
radio is such a unique medium in the sense that like you can't you can't do that in a podcast like you can't yeah. have people unless you're theoretically doing a live podcast where yeah. it's like being streamed live somewhere and there's a phone line which really I think is just a radio show but yeah. you can't have some you can't put something out and then have someone call up and be on air within basically 30 seconds of that happening, right? Yeah. In a podcast, you can solicit for people to send in voice messages and send in emails and DMs and whatnot, and you can use them on the show the next week, but you don't have that immediacy and that liveness. And I think that's such a crucial part of the medium that does give it longevity and does make it resilient. Um, And I think just... Have you ever, you, do you work, you've done live radio, right? You said you do a radio uh, yeah, show. So yeah. For those who, who may not have uh, known, I work at a local radio station called 4ZZZ. We mm. actually don't have university radio here in Queensland. I don't, oh, okay. Um, 4ZZZ came out of um, university radio at UQ, um, but um, university like managed media has kind of fallen out of favor. I don't know why I'm very disappointed. I'd love to work in university radio. Yeah. Um, and I host, um, our, our news and current affairs show on a Tuesday. So we have three news and current affairs shows. So I host what's called Tuesday Brisbane line. And I also then, uh, produce, uh, and edit our short form news content, which is our Z lines, top of the hour, like your top of the hour news briefs. Mm, um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when you're in a live studio environment and That's I used scary. to do what's it? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I used to panel shows, which you and me will know is, you know, you're behind the soundboard, you're turning yeah. mics on and off, you're playing songs, playing sound grabs, playing the ads and stuff. You're kind yeah. of responsible for the whole broadcast. And that's a very important position and a very anxiety inducing position to be in. So what I miss actually is just the, like I worked on a breakfast radio show here in Melbourne in 2019, um, paneling it with some pretty big Australian talent kind of as the host and the fast paced nature of that, the fact that anything could change in a split second, um, interview guests coming in and out of the studio, communicating with lots of different people. It's like, this is, this is like, you would have loved it because it was like a really news heavy show as well. Like just being in that environment and seeing how fast paced it was like when you, when you watch a movie about a newsroom and just everyone's walking around on the phone, kind of panicking, freaking out, trying to get the scoop, trying to figure it all out. And you're just behind the buttons, getting it all to air. But it's just like that, adrenaline that you get and fucking amazing yeah and admittedly this was at you know 6 a.m show start being at work at 5 a.m which sucks but just yeah it's just this this feeling that you can't you can't really replicate on podcasts not to say that podcasts don't have their own positives because they absolutely do oh yeah you you never you know you know me and you know right now that if i say something absolutely crazy yeah you could edit it out like you know we could both we could both do that you can edit any podcast there's not really any stakes to the conversation we're having right now because we both know that it's editable right whereas on a radio show you you really you're broadcasting live you might have a 10 second delay but you know everything really matters everything is going out live to people and i think there's there's so much more of a feeling of responsibility and a feeling of um yeah. of 
anxiety that that ticks you a bit. And I really like that about radio. It definitely does. It scratches this kind of itch as well of like what, you know, what you kind of want out of like the craziness of, you know, broadcast in general. Mm. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that TV is the same. Not that I've sat in a TV broadcast studio for any period of time, really. But, you know, having producers running around, you know, trying to and admittedly, I do it's all almost all a one man show when it comes to community radio because no one's being paid. Mm. But um it is, you know, doing that all, getting the guests sorted, bringing them in, sitting them down, you know, getting them used to being behind the mic, as well as having, you know, journalists running in and out. In fact, you know, the election coverage I did as of recording only a couple of nights ago was exactly that. You know, every song break, it would be doors open. Okay, set a journalist out, next set of journalists in, you know, Mm. um, what are we doing? What segments are we doing? What are your names? You know, please remind me of who you are because I'm terrible at names. And, you know, it's, it's all of that. And, while, you know, it seems chaotic and crazy, it gives this adrenaline rush and you have this kind of single-minded focus of let's create good broadcasts, um, whereas, you know, here you could get distracted by such fickle things um, or, you know, all in the space of seconds, you know, I could be distracted by a notification that pops up on my computer and all of a sudden it's, you know, I'm down a rabbit hole. Mm, yeah, and I think, like, with radio, everything has to be ready for that on-air break, right? Like, yeah. if it's not ready by the time the, the mics are on, it's not happening. Whereas with yeah. podcasts, you can always, you know, fix things up in post, add some production in post, get stuff ready in post. The stakes just aren't the same. And, like, nah. that's why I, I do think – that's why, like, talkback radio, at least in Australia, in pretty much every state is the number one radio station, yeah. right? Because it's just, like – People just want to know it's the people want to know what's happening right now. And yeah. I don't think that means that podcasts can't do that just by updating really regularly, but with just with radio you turn it on and you're like this is happening right now. Yeah. That's why people listen to like ABC News and like 3OW here in Melbourne because it's like this is live happening in my local city. These are the yeah. opinions of people in my city and my peers and people that um, share the the area that I live in. And it's just like, you can't replicate that on a podcast. No, you definitely can't. And like, even when it comes up to like big political events and, or like big events and stuff like that, you know, radio is like the broadcast medium of choice, basically. You must have audio at some stage, you mm. know, whether there is video accompanied with it or not. Uh, and broadcasting that is the best way to, to like show it you don't want to miss out on what's happening and you know you'll probably be you know trying to tune into something when an event is happening not you know half an hour after it's finished yeah exactly exactly um and there's so much more room to like make mistakes and fix mistakes in podcasts you know um the the crazy audio quality issues that you may arise when you've got you know a guest whose file has corrupted or, you know, um, us, uh, us, uh, creators from the movie night crew, I think we're complaining the other day about, um, like people sending in recordings last minute and not to say that, you know, every guest does it, but every now and then they do do it. And it's like, okay, well now I've got, you know, got to get this out on time. Mm. Um, and, 
it's, you know, trying to do that and, you know, fix all the audio quality issues and you're making it all nice and neat. And while it's great and it definitely scratches a niche for me, I love editing. I would edit all day, every day if I could. Um, on the other hand, I really love like sitting down and that, that, and that adrenaline just running through. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. But yeah, I think like podcasting, <clears throat> excuse me, podcasting, like what I love most about it would probably be that like with my pod, I do a podcast called 20th century boy. And yeah. like every week I, anything funny that I see or think of, I just put down on a little notepad and then on, on the day of record, like I, I panel my show. I play like sound effects and stuff on yeah, my show. Yeah. And I, I panel it out as though it were live. Like I try to make it as though it was a radio yeah. show live just to kind of capture that feel. So I'm, reacting to things as they happen and not just inserting them in post-production. So I think that's, you know, you can still kind of capture the spirit of radio. And a lot of the ideas that I do on my show are inspired by radio shows like Hamish and Andy and and other stuff that I always really liked. And I think, I think that's the most important thing is if you're creating something that is true to like what was inspiring to you and, and is kind of like a recreation of this, of the stuff that originally inspired you, I think, yeah, I really like that about podcasting. Like the, it, it's the the barrier of entry is so low. Like anyone mm. can start a podcast and it can become a mm. big thing and it can grow an audience and you don't need a broadcasting license. You don't even really need to have any kind of training or anything like that. Whereas yeah. radio, it's really hard, one, to get airtime because it's finite and two, to actually like just get into a radio station and do a show like not people don't just let you broadcast on radio right like whereas podcasting you go out and buy a usb mic you can have a podcast tomorrow up on spotify if you want yeah um and that's that's good it also means that there's like five billion podcasts in the world but yeah as we said the the electorate is uh the electorate sorry um the the market's pretty saturated (laughs) yeah it's a saturated market but i think it is good that people can can do um podcasts because that's that it's now very difficult if you're kind of i guess in inverted commas a nobody it's kind of difficult to get a gig on commercial radio because and it, it totally makes sense from a business model they want people that have names. So they go for people who have been on reality TV, established comedians, things like that. But it means it's very hard for younger people who don't have that to, to, to get up. So your only option really is to start a podcast and to make something and show what you can do. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also really great for like people who are building like a portfolio of work, you know, if you've got an original idea and you want to create it, definitely create it and, you know, do all the work that's associated with it and, you know, produce it really studiously and always be on, on top of trying to make, you know, the quality as high as possible. But also, you know, uh, it's, it, it is so like so useful to prove that you've you, you can hold a conversation you're a real human being you you know are passionate about what you're doing and if you know, especially for people who want to get into broadcast or radio it's a really great opportunity to talk about that yeah no i totally agree with that yeah um 
I know that we didn't really mention a lot from like when you were younger and you mm. did mention you went to quite an academic school, yeah. but I also really also want to quickly brush on the fact that you had a choir scholarship from the Catholic I Church. I did. I had a, I did. What are your thoughts on that? Just so I can gauge the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a musician by trade. I am also of all the, of all, by complete you, chance, you, a Catholic. What do, you, so, what do like, you play? What do you play? So I play trombone. Um, oh. I play in a whole bunch of community ensembles at the moment. Yeah. Um, considered going to play professionally and study at the con, but yeah. some unsavory experiences with people in the classical music uh, space meant that there was no way I was going to pursue it beyond sure. high school, like seriously. Okay. Um, and I had friends of mine convince me to continue playing in a community capacity, yep. um, literally going, you want to continue playing and just, you know, continue doing what you're enjoying right now. I had, I've had some really amazing experiences. I got to play in, you know, national competitions of bits and pieces, but, you know, I was never going to be able to pursue it. And are you a, are you a, a, a practicing Catholic or are you more like, I guess, I guess you could say ethnically Catholic, if I'm, you know what I mean. I'm a, I'm a, a very... I'm I'm a very studious Catholic, uh, practicing Catholic, but that does not mean that like, and this is I really need to make this really clear. It doesn't mean that you know what what people perceive as Catholics are is exactly I, what I am. Like, I know it, I know yeah. what you're saying. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I I had a I. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to figure out where to start. Do you want me to explain how the scholarship worked? Is that, is that what well, you... Well, yeah. So it was, it was just a scholarship. You just like auditioned and they're like, yeah, we'll pay for, you know. Yeah. Th- this is cool because I've never spoken on a podcast about my, my Catholic heritage. Now, admittedly, I, I wouldn't say I'm a practicing Catholic, but I was certainly raised in a very Catholic family. And um, yeah, the biggest Catholic kind of church here in Melbourne is St. Pat's Cathedral, which is yeah. in uh, East Melbourne. And yeah, they needed they needed choir boys to sing at the cathedral every Sunday mass. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went to an audition and they paid for my school. F- half of my school fees every year was paid wow. by the Catholic Church of Australia. Uh, and mum and dad paid the other half. And then I had to sing at mass every Sunday from year five to year 12. Um, so if you were ever at St. Pat's Cathedral on a Sunday mass or a Christmas mass or Easter mass, you definitely heard me sing and saw me sing. That would have been exhausting. Like oh, it was a Sunday. lot of work. It was yeah. a lot of work, but I, you know, in fact, I'd say it was probably more work than what you got in the school fees. Cause I reckon if you broke it down hour by hour, I reckon yeah. you'd be making like five bucks an hour or something like that. But I mean, we were kids and yeah. it was a scholarship. Well, like it's just get you right. Yeah. You know? But honestly um, it was actually a pretty good experience. Like I would say I learned so much music theory from it. Um, yeah. I really like singing as well and made a lot of really good friends and had a lot of really good experiences in in the choir. <laughs> it is fascinating. Like those kinds of experiences, you know, those scholarships or, you know, big festivals or camps that, you mm. know, are very, you know, restricted in who gets to to attend or, or participate in end up being these like really, really valuable experiences. And there's a reason why that, you know, they still exist. Um, 
you know, for example, I had there's a there's a music camp that happens in Albury every year yeah. that um I am obsessed with. It's called the Border Music Camp. Um and it is, you know, Albury sits on the border between New South Wales and Victoria mm-hmm. and we um in twenty nineteen, which is the last year it's been held officially because of COVID and everything, we drove down as a family all, you know, all five, me, myself and four of my siblings were doing mm. it. My dad was working at it, you know. We all, you know, got involved. And it was just such a valuable experience and, you know, not something that you ever really forget or let yourself forget. It is interesting that you say that because, like, sometimes I actually do think back of, like, being, like, 14 and yeah. singing in this choir every Sunday and I actually do think, like, wow, my life was so different then. Like, I it it feels like a different person. Like, I'm, yeah. like I don't know if you get those moments because you're younger than me, but this is like, yeah, like, 15 years ago I would have been doing that. And I'm just like, wow, I just can't, I can't even imagine doing that now. But that was my yeah. life for seven years. I would go and sing. I'd sing at an hour and a half mass every Sunday with a 90 minute rehearsal beforehand. Yeah. It's crazy. It it was the same for me. Like when I look back at the, I think it was at one stage, 10 ensembles I was playing in as a, as a trombone player in like year 11, year 12, you know, it's only four, three or four years ago. Mm. I go, I cannot believe I spent so much time doing that. Like, <laughs> that was crazy. I was yeah. flat out. How did I have the capacity to do that and my schoolwork oh. and somehow convince teachers I should be taking extra subjects on top of all of that? You're like, so studious. I was trying to get rid of as many extracurricular activities as possible when I was at school. Yeah. Like, once I finished once I finished um, choir practice, I did not want to do anything else. I got my dad to get me out of soccer and all the other shit the school wanted me to do. It's like, man, I'm (laughs) way too busy with choir to be playing soccer on a Saturday morning, guys. Seriously. I definitely started dropping things. Uh, First was the sport. Um, I I played hockey since the age of six, and then by the time I was like 14, it was like, okay, we've got to drop that because you're doing so much music that you can't actually physically do both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my parents would have been driving me from school, the hour trip up to where we practice and play games, you know, twice, three times a week. It was, you know, um, you're, I, you're over capacity, I think. Yeah. And yeah. there were like, there are now 10 children in our family, but I think especially There's 10 when children, I was, you're, yeah. you're one of 10 kids. Yeah. What um, number are you? I'm number one. Um, You're the oldest. I am the best. Uh- <laughs> wow. Ten kids. That's like um, that Steve Martin movie, Cheaper by the Dozen. Not Cheaper quite. By dozen, Cheaper yeah. by the Ten. <laughs> um, well, it's, it, there's a dozen of us in total, but um, yeah. That is crazy. Um, and so is- what's the age gap? Who's the youngest? So the youngest is 10 months old, 11 months old Oh, old-ish. amazing. Um, he's very cute. Um. I have not seen enough of him because my parents keep going away for weekends in Melbourne. So I blame oh. Melbourne for all my problems. <laughs> um, uh, and, but yes, um, no, yeah. So like when there was, when what, 2014 child number, what have been child number seven was born in 2014, which was when I started year seven which makes me feel very young compared to you. Also, you're the, you're the <laughs> like kid you, who... You're in year seven when, sorry? 
2014. Wow. Yeah. I was in year seven, seven years before that. Crazy know, stuff. It, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, you're the, you're the kid who graduated on the year that your year level was on. Like, I know we had it so good. Like 2001 grade one, 2010 yeah. year 10. It works so well. It but I always think, I always think if you were born in the year 2000, your age is just whatever year it is. So like when it's 2050, yeah. you're going to be 50. I like that. Easier to keep track of. Yeah. And I would, you would think it would be like relatively simple to, you know, as an extension, 2001, for example, be really easy to. But when you're born in December of 2001, you're basically a 2002 baby mm. and you're like two years behind everyone else all the time. It was ridiculous. I was... Christmas Eve is dad running around buying presents because he hasn't bought anyone any presents yet. And, Doesn't surprise um, me. He's got 10 kids. Well, no, he's <laughs> notoriously bad at buying presents. But um, And then uh, us trying to figure out what we're supposed to be doing um, because we then do Christmas Mass on Christmas Eve because... And we have opinions about, like, the parish that my parents go to. We have opinions about the music. So we have to, like, choose which mass we go to as to, like, what music we want to hear. It is. This is what happens when you live with, like, so many, um, like, with so many musicians. Because we all play music. You have a music preference. Um, um, A a hymn preference. Yeah. um, A performer preference as well. Yeah, Um, right. Love this. Yeah. Well, you would have hated coming to the cathedral on Christmas and hearing us sing. No, I, <laughs> you guys are like basically professionals at that stage, though. Like, mm. it's an audition. We were choir. getting we were yeah. getting paid to be there. That is yeah. true. That is the <laughs> definition of a professional. But you know, when you're a kid, in terms of the scholarship, when you're a kid, you don't equate what you're doing with money because no. you don't, you're not even seeing the money. Your it's just going do, to your though. parents. Yeah. Your it's parents pressure from your parents, yes, your parents do, but you, when you're a kid, you don't even really understand that this is a transactional thing. You're just like, Oh, I've got a scholarship. You don't even know what the figure of money is or how yeah. much it, how much it matters to your parents. So you're just like, yeah, I just have to do this every week. I don't know why some yeah. scholarship thing. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't say I was performing at a professional level when I was 10 <laughs> years old. <laughs> but, like, like even the cathedral here, like, my of all things, my brother works at the cathedral here. Oh. And he, um, like, going, you know, we go and go to, you know, mass there when he's working from time to time. And, like, listening to, you know, the singer. And admittedly, I think most of them are adults. But, like, you know, listening to the singer sing is, like, much more pleasant than the chaos that is like small children running around, you know, between the ages of four and seven, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think that that is the most, it doesn't contribute to my experience very nicely. Like I love children. Like I would love to listen to children sing, mm. but in that context, no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. That's very fair. Yeah. And do you still continue to play music? Yep. I play guitar. That is a, um, you can see one in the background yeah. there, but that's actually, that's actually not my guitar. That That's my housemate's guitar. However, uh, cause I play left-handed guitar and yeah. they're very hard to come by. I don't know if you know any lefties, but it's very difficult to find left-handed guitar. So generally my main music output is guitar, but I sing a lot. Like if you asked my housemates what my toxic trait is, it would be, <laughs> I just, I just sing. I get a song stuck in my head. And I can't stop singing it. 
and I'll be on it for months. I had the song, um, I did this bit on my podcast last year. I had the song Chikatita by ABBA stuck in my head for 15 <laughs> years. I'm not joking. Since I was like, I think it was since I was like 10 and mum played it in the back of the car, I've had Chikatita stuck in my head. So, um, like, I just walk around singing all the we, time. We get Nora Jones stuck in our head. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, sad, like, kind of weirdly sad Acoustic country, country songs. songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, did a, she did a compilation, not a compilation, a collaboration with Billy Joe Armstrong, the lead singer of Green yeah. Day. Um, co- do you know it? Foreverly? Ooh, I feel the, like I've heard it, but I'm not yeah. sure whether I remember it. Yeah, so she and she and Billy Joe did this album called Foreverly, and it was all like um, Everly Brothers country music songs that they Ooh. reimagined in acoustic. It's really good. I reckon you'd really like it. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. Nora Jones, because we had this CD, and somehow it was the only CD that did not get absolutely wrecked. Um, mm. And so we would play, this CD would end up being played. Um, at the time, it was like a Honda Odyssey. And then as it transferred, the CD kept coming into the new car. Yeah. I still think it sits um, in the in my parents' current car, even though there's no CD player in that car anymore. It just sits in the car still. Um, yeah. And my brother was playing it the other day. Just like, he's like, do you remember that artist's name? That like, you know, we, we always listen to the song in the car. I'm like, Nora Jones. Like, I'm I'm aware. Like, I'm playing that now. I'm like, Did, was oh, he playing no. the CD though? Did he remove the CD from the car or he was no, on no, Spotify? No, no, no. He grabbed the album off Spotify. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. I think that the CD, a couple of tracks may be destroyed or not. Unreadable. Yeah, um, yeah okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's old. Like, it's probably almost as old as I am. And mm. that's, you know. But yeah, Nora Jones is just what gets played. Um, <laughs> I, I, you, you should recommend me some of her stuff. Like I know a bit of it, but I'd I'd be keen to to explore more. Oh, it's, I, it's I'd weird. Be, I'd be yeah. keen to explore Mora of Nora, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for laughing at that. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Um, don't know why is the one that comes to my head all the time. Um, but she's released some new music from memory. Oh, um, okay. Sure she has. Yeah, she's just recently gotten back to being active. Yeah. Um, she's like come back to being quite active when she, like she was early 2000s, mm. but, um, you know, back on, I think she released a collaborative album. There's a, like a single here. Um, but yeah, um, I just, it's I'll so check it out. I'll stream it after this. Get, get her a stream. <laughs> Give her a couple cents. Oh, she, I think she deserves it. She's been around for forever. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, and I suppose, you know, all of that, you know, all of that experience is, you know, what's contributed to, well, you know, the where you are now. Like, especially, I always find music people end up in some sort of audio-related kind of job, regardless mm. of, you know, where what, you know, whether they end up pursuing music or not. It's like, you know, the music people I know have ended up as, you know, uh, producers, editors, you know, um podcasts hosts you know just mm. always end up in somewhere audio it's far it's we- really weird and kind of amazing that's yeah that's really interesting i've never actually thought of that but yeah i mean i think it's more just like when one thing that um there's th- there's a woman 
who does radio here in Melbourne. Her name's mm-hmm. Dee Dee Dunleavy. She's um she was on she did breakfast radio in Melbourne for years. Now she's on a station called Three AW, and she actually yeah. got me kind of my first job in radio mm-hmm. five or six years ago now. And um, I interviewed her for a uni assignment, and I remember her saying to me, "I'll never forget it." She said, "When you think when you're on air in any capacity." Yeah. Yeah, you're you're saying all the stuff that you want to say, but you're also like leaving she described it as like you're leaving footprints in the sand, right? Which is this thing of like people pick up on the little things that you mention and say and the yeah. little the little quirky things about you that aren't the focus of what you're saying, but people yeah. pick up on them. And I always thought that was really good advice for a few reasons. And I think in terms of for example the choir scholarship I imagine the reason you know about that is that do you listen to Hamish and Andy or is that where no, you know of it? No, I or? just came across it by accident somewhere sure. um, in my perusal. Somehow I actually do do research for this podcast as, <laughs> as much as I purport to yeah. not being very prepared for these recordings. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that the reason that I think, because that Hamish and Andy talked about it a lot on their show recently yeah. and I think... The re- like, I just brought it up. I just said I've, I had this, like, not even in a thing for content. I didn't even yeah. want it to be on the show. I just was talking to Andy in Sydney, and I was like, I, yeah, when I was at school, I had this choir scholarship, almost being like, oh, I can't even believe this was so long ago. And then he just thought, what a quirky, I guess he must have thought, what a quirky thing about Mike that we didn't know. And that's what got him to talk about it. And then it's like, what I've learned from that, yeah, footsteps in the sand thing is like if you and this maybe can can be a little philosophical thing. If you're living your life being someone you're not because you're afraid or you're worried about how yeah. people might perceive you if you're for whatever it is, like you're you're not leaving those footprints in the sand, right? Because you're not even being true to yourself. As soon as you start being true to yourself and being like, I love this, I did this. This is this is what I love. These are the things I'm into. Yeah. People start swarming to you. And the more yourself and true to you you are, the more people start relating to you because they're like, oh, I like that too. And suddenly, like, all these things that you thought were, like, the weird parts about you, more yeah. often than not end up being the parts about you that are the most endearing to other people and the most attractive to other people and the things that people love about you because it's yeah. what makes you shine. And that would be... My key learning in my journey, and I always bring it back to that comment Dee Dee made about the the footsteps in the sand, is just like be true to yourself and put out to the world the version of you that you are, not a fake version of you that you're not. Because as I said at the start of this recording, like you you won't you won't I don't think you can be truly happy if you're pretending no. to be someone you're not. And it's hard, but yeah, I think that's important. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on Content and Capable, uh, Mike. Thanks, man. I can I can attest that you are content and capable based on <laughs> purely based on this interaction, though. Ah, yes. This is the great thing. It's a <laughs> okay. Zoom meeting at three yeah. o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Yeah. My day off from every every kind of work that I possibly can be doing. Um, I've just hosted a radio show in which I've ranted about politics for half an hour. Um, I did, and now I get to sit here in, in what's arguably the warmest room in this radio station mm. talking about, you know, 
talking with podcasting you. Podcasting and church. Special. That's yep. the title of this episode. Podcasting and church. No, don't call it that. <laughs> uh, I've got to figure out some sort of title. It often starts with a, a title like that and then devolves into something relatively half decent. Yeah, cool. Um, well, that's there's your starter. Yeah. That's your starter. If I if if w- when will this come out? Is this out in a couple weeks or next week or something? Oh, let me quickly check no, my don't, schedule. It's I'm supposed saying, to come out next week. Oh, yeah. So okay. if I get if I look on my podcast up next week and this has gone up and you've called it podcast and church, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> but we'll wait and see. <laughs> At one stage, when I was like, I have a pl- big master planning spreadsheet that um, yeah. all the rest of the hosts get to spy on as well, which is great because cool. they love, I had like a working title, finding title, a final title columns in my like first season last year's like mm. collection of episodes. Yeah. And I just ended up like completely abandoning it. And it's just like, it's now like guest and then topic mm. because I'm like, you know what? I'll figure out a title after I've done it because who knows what tangents we're going to go down. Yeah. Goes in lots um, of directions, as we've discovered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can follow me on Insta, radio.mike. Um, otherwise, go all to radio. The hot Ma- takes. All the hot takes. Radiomike.com.au is my website. Make sure you put in the .au because there's a guy in like Sweden who owns radiomike.com and he tried to make me pay him $10,000 to buy the domain off him. And so, in, in spite of him, I created radiomike.com.au. So, don't, whatever you do, do not go to radiomike.com. That guy sucks. <laughs> Yeah, um, this website looks like it was made in 2002. Um, that's that's what I said to him when I asked him if I could have the domain. I'm like, you clearly don't use your website. You haven't updated it in so long. And then he was like, I'll give it to you for $10,000. I was like, fuck off, mate. I'm not giving you $10,000. Nah. So don't go to his website. Radiomike.com.au. I've given you the review. It's a, it's a 0.2 out of 10. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, and uh, has there been any media that you've been, you know, watching, reading, listening to, um, interacting with that um, you wanted to plug? Um, Let me just very, very quickly ponder this for a moment. The very normal freak out, what am I going to plug this time? Just trying to figure out. Ask the guest first. Yeah, I should have thought of one because I did this. Oh, okay, here's a good one. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Harry Styles' newest album, Harry's House, which I think is a really good kind of pop rock sort of album. I really like Harry Styles. I really enjoy his music. It's it's called Harry's House. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. Um, lots of really good songs on there, of which I think my favourite is called Cinema. Um, ah. And, uh, yeah, it's just a good – it's 40 minutes, really nice listen, pretty cruisy. Maybe put it on on a Saturday afternoon while you're like – doing chores or going for a walk in the sun and uh, enjoy it. I really like it. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That sounds amazing. Um, Embarrassingly, I have not consumed enough media in the last week to make a decision on what I'm going to plug. Actually, I've got an idea. Um, I'm going to plug a YouTuber slash Twitch streamer called RT Game. Oh, yeah. Um, He, um, he's Irish, um... And he, there's, like, a group of Irish YouTubers called the Irish Lads. It's Jacksepticeye and, like, a bunch of his friends. And they play video games together. And it's pure chaos. It's, like, the most 
fucking hilarious shit ever. You know, one of them is like being absolutely useless the whole time. You know, I, someone's trying to actually get the work done. Someone else is just also like adding to the chaos. And so when all three of them play, it's amazing. But that RT Game good. especially, he, um, he's been like creating a lot of, um, he's been looking at a lot of other games, um, uh, and he like, uh, sorry, um, he oh. like, uh, has been like playing, he like plays them pretty seriously, uh, on his own, but like, is like with all this like random commentary as well at the moment, he's playing like Stardew Valley, um, but like oh, yeah. pretending it is breaking bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's is, awesome. It is hilarious. Um, and it's just like something nice to put on in the background when you don't want to be like uber consuming something like a lot of the things I end up watching on YouTube is like last week tonight or commentary videos mm. or analysis of the cars franchise or <laughs> yeah. I watched stuff like that as well. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, pure, you know, normal, normal people stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I say in denial. Um, but yeah, um, it's nice to have like that kind of stuff off on in the background while you're like doing other things, you know, but yeah, um, you can find me. Um, did I already say where people can find me? I don't think no, I did. You haven't. Um, find me on Instagram, on TikTok at Sam journalist, um, and on Twitter at Sam Ob journalist. At the moment, I'm in my um, I will fight someone phase. Um, so please don't be too controversial. But uh, <laughs> I am um, very frazzled after this election, and um, t- uh, Twitter is a cesspit. Um, uh, yeah, um, it's... I second that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's great. You know, Jeff Marshall, a British YouTuber, is just, like, on there all the time. Um, and he's, like, they're riding, like, the first crossrail trains at the moment. And it's, like, all this positive community. And then I scroll and the next post is, you know, worst of Ozpol. And I'm, like, why am I here? <laughs> The dichotomy. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Mike. I really, really appreciated it. Thanks, Legend. I'll come on any time. Don't let me hold you to that. <laughs> thank you for listening to Content and Capable. You can follow the podcast socials at Content, the letter N, Capable, on Instagram and Twitter. You can send a super boring email to us through contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them on opia underscore art on Instagram. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded, and edited by Nora Strauss-Riggs. You can find Nora at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. I am proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features Of the Eldest Gods, a chapter-by-chapter Rick Riordan pod full of myths and legends, My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Cabbage Cart Guy, Fandoms Gone Wrong, a show that discusses all things fandoms, The Movie Night Crew, join some friends as they react to some terrible, some meh, and some really great movies, and The Restricted Section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod with lots of spoilers all the time. What's up, potheads? It's me, your host, Christina. Welcome to the Restricted section. No, we're not in Hogwarts. It's like a metaphor. Do you get it? Like, we're raunchy, and we get drunk, and we make sex jokes, and we have an all-spoilers-all-the-time policy, so... 
You know, it's like the restricted section. I've been told that explaining jokes makes them funnier. If you've ever wondered how the Marauders map actually works, if you've ever thought that maybe Snape sometimes wears jeans, if you've ever thought that Draco and Harry are for sure in love, I mean, they're for sure in love. If you've ever had a hard time deciding who you'd rather bang, Bill or Charlie, obviously Charlie, then this podcast is for you. You don't even have to do the reading, we'll do it for you. Catch the Restricted Section every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and find us online at Restricted Section Pod. Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review it on your favorite podcatcher, and I will see you next Monday for another episode. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.